Well, welcome back. They Hello. keep coming back. I'm always amazed. I don't know who they are. I, can't I don't know see who them. they are either, but <laughs> we just get excited. We have an amazing guest today. He pastors Victory Church. I'm going to let him tell you about him because I'll probably mess it up. But um, we were just talking before the podcast started, and I said, what bridge are you going to jump off because I'll go with you? And mm -hmm. people think that's crazy. But <laughs> when you meet a good leader and someone who knows how to communicate well <laughs> and let you ask questions well, you kind of want to stick with them. So um, he has a book coming out. I'm going to let him tell you about that, too, which is why we asked him to join us, because leadership is his thing. Um, I've watched him do it well in a lot of arenas, and so I wanted him to be part mm -hmm. of our time. So welcome to the podcast, Dr. John Chastine. Thanks for having me. It's an honor to be here with you ladies. Tell, I'm glad to have you here. I know. Tell him the title of your book because it's so great. So the title of the book that's going to come out later this year is called Relead, uh, and the subtitle is How to Fix What You Didn't Break. Man, we could stop right now. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to read it. Uh, well, please like, really bad that's the plan no. <laughs> <laughs> it's not quite you, done it's done but it's not edited so it'd be you'd be like man this guy can't write but, oh no seriously <laughs> he has another book actually called half the battle which you really want to check i actually got to endorse it and it was really awesome oh, nice. yeah. i know it was an honor it was a great book though amazing freedom like just which is what we talk about on here is how to help mm. people be free mm. once mm. and for all but um tell us what is toxic leadership to you Wait, wait, can we go backwards Please. first? <laughs> Is it okay? I mean, yes. can you tell us first just like what inspired yeah. this book yeah, yeah, and yeah. tell us a little bit about totally. it? Is that okay, Cass? Yeah. Okay. So so um, my pa I have two pastors. One <laughs> won't do it. I got to have two. Um, so one of them is Jimmy Evans and one of them is Craig Rochelle. And I was with Craig one day and we were talking about leadership. And um, he was he was, we were talking about church growth you know, church planting, and I was like, man, I don't know how to do any of that. I, I don't, I don't know church planting, and I don't really know how to do church growth. And he said, well, then what do you know how to do? I go, I know how to fix broke stuff. Mm. I said, I just started seeing this pattern in my life where every leadership position I was put in, there are those leaders, and I really realized for the first time, even though I was the lead pastor of a mega church and the president of a university, I was like, I finally figured out what my calling is. Mm. And this was like a year ago, year and a half ago, and I. I realize there's really two types of, of leaders, right? They're, they're leaders who are entrepreneurial. They start, they launch, they grow. The Chris Hodges, the Craig Rochelles, the, the business leaders. And then there's a whole nother realm of, of leaders that I feel like I, I fall into that I actually think most leaders fall into um, is that they're re-leaders. And I kind of coined this term called re-leader. And they're the one, like Joshua was a re-leader. Mm. He followed Moses, right? Mm. Moses, your servant is dead. Joshua, pick up, pick up, wow. and go. Elisha was a re-leader. He had to pick up someone else's mantle and strike the water again mm -hmm. and see if it was going to part or not. So, there's. I'm all for church planting. I think it's important, um, but there are far more churches dying than the, than we're planting. Mm -hmm. It's true. So, so I think there's just a lot of pastors or leaders that are trying to be leaders, and I think there's something. They're actually something more important than leaders. They're real leaders. So isn't this interesting? This is what mm. we do, though. I think this is what we do too. Absolutely. In a different way, oh, like as sure. therapists. Absolutely. Is we really rebuild. Rebuild. Yeah, where places where I'm doing this own work of myself. Yeah. Oh, send help. 
but like literally you're for it i know but Mm. like literally how i was led as a child having to reprogram Mm. that as a grown Mm -hmm. woman of saying like and that's what we do all the time but even doing the own work myself it's like we're retraining ourselves and we're taking a mantle it's not all bad Mm. but it's like how do we help you be the best yep nehemiah nehemiah was a was a re-leader he had to pick up the pieces of a of a wall that was in rubble mm. and build it back. Um, the, that's really what the book is about, is God showed me this this step-by-step process of when they came back to rebuild the temple. Because the temple had been broke. It was torn down. And mm. so Nebuchadnezzar came and tore down the temple, and then they were in you know Babylonian exile. The Lord calls uh, Zerubbabel and Jeshua to come back and rebuild what they didn't break. And there, there's wow. just beautiful step-by-step. It's so amazing. Uh, and it really just shows this step-by-step process of how to build something back. Start with the altar, you know, then the foundation. It's just, it's really cool. So anyways, yeah, I won't bore you with it. Mm. It'll, never, it'll no, it's not boring. Year. It's not boring <laughs> at all. I thought about it we're in like, terms before, rebuilders. It's, yeah. it's really fascinating. It is fascinating. Well, we're called to be rebuilders. We, we rebuild marriages. Right, yeah. we rebuild our finances. There, in, there's a lot of areas of our life that that, that there's probably a second book that could be how to rebuild what I did break. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stay so tuned. You, you can rebuild stuff that you didn't break, but you also got to rebuild stuff yeah. that you did break. You made a mistake and jacked up. Yeah. <laughs> so. Wow, yeah. that's really good. Anyways. No, I love that. Wow. I know we got to come back though from our wow. Okay. To figure out. Well, then toxic leadership. Talk. Can you define it? <laughs> yeah, I, I uh, like all of us. You know, I've had the pleasure of working for great leaders, and I've had the pleasure of working for for not so great leaders. Um, I actually think I learned more on how to be a leader from bad leaders mm. than I did good leaders. Agreed. And that's the good part about mm. it, right? Yeah. So sometimes, if you if there's a silver lining, it's that God may have you serving under what you would see as a bad leader because. He's working on you too. He's mm. he's sharpening you. Do not I, like that. I would say, yeah, no kidding. Nobody <laughs> likes the refiner's fire. I would say a toxic leader, to put it super simple, is to say that it's someone who's more interested in being a, being mm. um, being king minded than kingdom minded. Well, drop re- that mic. Would really be the, the easiest way for that. me to, to describe it. Is there? And I don't think I, I actually don't think that they start out that way. Usually, mm-hmm. maybe they're toxic from the yeah, get go. Yeah, but, yeah, um, I don't know. Leadership has a way of of producing narcissism and pride and arrogance, mm-hmm. especially if you see any sort of success. Oh, right. So success is dangerous. Um, I can wave my white hanky a lot for that. <laughs> it's really true. <laughs> it's yeah. true, but I, and I think what we end up doing in the therapy world a lot of times with pastors that we work with or with people that just come through the door is we're helping them like recover (laughs) from watching a leader go from and I think Jess and I both shared a little bit of our story in this last when we started talking about um, Mm -hmm. even affairs and things like that it's Mm -hmm. like that of going through this place of watching someone have that evolution Mm -hmm. like being beside them while you're like yes I'm all in oh wow what is happening happening? (laughs) and I'm so far in this that how do I jump out part of the problem is though not to defend the toxic leader because I will not but probably good part of yeah probably shouldn't do that but part (laughs) part of the problem think about it this way part of the problem is is that so if we're king-minded versus kingdom-minded well what created the king mind 
the kingdom bowing down and wanting a king. Ooh, well, so we we're the the church well, is I so <laughs> thirsty for a leader. It's the Israelites were no different. We want a king. All the other nations have a king, and God was like, "Well, I want to be your king." No, no we well, want a king. Wow, wow. And so, in a lot of ways, the church cries for for the very thing that ends up being their demise. Because we want a leader, we want somebody to follow, we need a good leader, and then the humanity of the leader begins to absorb the attention and absorb the very thing that that leads them to become a destructive leader. So it's like this revolving door. Do you talk in your book at all about how you balance that as a leader then? Because, I mean, that's a really, I think, a a very valid point, and I wish that it was not the truth, but (laughs) yes, it struck a chord with me, yeah. People are desperate for leadership. I've been desperate for yeah. leadership in the church. Like, somebody yeah. please come lead. And, you know, as a woman in leadership in a church, um, I have even wanted to see really good, strong male leaders because I find myself mm-hmm. feeling like I have to be smaller, mm-hmm. right, to let go, like, go, please do it, right? Yeah. But having served mm-hmm. under to- toxic pastors, I'm like, I can see what you're saying. Yeah. That 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 really... We create a monster. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree. So then yeah. if you're in leadership, the grace-filled part of it wants me to know, yeah. wants to know, like, how do you balance that as a leader then? Yeah. It's a great question. And, and really, to me, it comes down to accountability and, and hmm. being submitted to someone. But even that, it's like you are submitted to want to someone to the extent that you just... Des- that you desire to be submitted to someone, mm. you know? So it's, it's a, it's a difficult conversation. Um, and there's so many of this is, is based upon the, the upbringing of the leader. Like I'm talking to two psychologists that could talk circles around me on this, but if you really want to boil it down to its core, 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 core of a toxic leader, they, we've been talking about this. They have an orphan heart. Mm-hmm. They, they, they just have a lot of wounds yep. themselves. If, father wounds, mother wounds, whatever, whatever the case may be. And so those things come out over time. Um, mm. But I, I think accountability is critical because yeah. most ta- toxic leaders that I've ever been exposed to is um, it's more of a do what I say, yeah. not, yes, not do what I do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so don't look to me as the example, just do what I say. And so they, they, they don't do a good job of receiving feedback <clears throat> because feedback is a threat to my mm. leadership, it's a threat to my demeanor, my, my kingdom, so to speak. Um, and so I, I do think that it takes intentionality, right? So, so I, even, even on Sunday mornings, this is a very small example, but this is an example. So I'm the, I'm the, the, the predominant speaker at my church as the lead pastor. And I've got a teaching team and, and a group of people that um, two guys on my team are great communicators, and there's other people that, that give me feedback too. But after my nine o'clock service, we're gonna we're gonna go back to the green room, and you're gonna look me in the face and say, "Hey, your point number one sucked. Mm-hmm. It wasn't very good. It didn't hit good." Um, and so, do I have the humility to look at somebody and be like, mm, "Wow, that hurts." You know, to and that's a super small example, but even the, it's really in the small things, right? Yeah. Is am I willing for somebody to give me feedback, and and to be honest with me? And there's no ramifications back to you. Mm-hmm. I'm actually thanking you for it. Wow. I'm actually saying thank you for that feedback. That actually helps me. Um, that's a really small example of it. That's uh, good. And it can go from small all the way to big. But can I just say too, as if you, as you're listening, like we're talking about pastors, we're talking about like leadership of that capacity, but. I think that you lead anywhere you are. 
So like I have a daughter, I have two daughters actually, and you, you lead them. My one is still at home. Absolutely. She's seven. You know, you might work as the fry server at McDonald's and are listening to this right now. You're leading someone and everything that you do, you're leading someone. So we're talking about this high caliber thing, but I think the reality is I want to be submitted to someone no matter where I am. I want to have a mentor or accountability or somewhere that you're able to have people that will look you in the face and be like, that was dumb. Don't do that again. You know? And so Mm -hmm. I think like as therapists, that's sometimes what we provide as pastors. That's what they provide. But I think there's so much to that in the sense of like being able to have people who are just honest with you that are honest and that can take feedback and that are secure enough in themselves and whole enough in them in themselves i think it's how do we get people to be whole i think that's like a big question but to go back to those places that would make them a toxic leader Mm -hmm. and say how do we help them heal Hmm. yeah that's that's part of the problem is once once somebody reaches the the level of toxicity right it's really hard to to change that it's like you almost need and you know you've heard of them say instead of building a hospital at the bottom of a mountain build a guardrail at the top of the mountain (laughs) so so once you tumble down the mountain it's a little late you're gonna have to so it's really hard you know Mm -hmm. to, to so if you if somebody works for somebody works in an organization that has toxic leadership, you know, some of the questions might be, what do I do? How do I, how do I converse with this toxic leader? How do I, and the answer is usually you can't. Thank you for saying that. You just can't. You just can't. (laughs) Yeah. It's too late. I wrote that question for him because I was like, please say you can't do it because that's my experience. That's what I experience in counseling. I'm when I'm working with people that have been underneath toxic leaders, that that would be my answer. I don't think that you can because they're not confrontable. They're not healthy in Mm -hmm. confrontation. Mm -hmm. And to kind of connect both of your points and you're talking about, you know, wherever you are, you are leading. I'm thinking about like, if you have a person in leadership, especially at a church, if they're leading from the place of humility, if they're leading from that place that I'm not any better than the person who you referenced, like, you know, is making the fries at McDonald's, mm-hmm. then they're confrontable. Mm-hmm. Then they understand mm-hmm. that the position that they're in is mm-hmm. one of servant leadership and humility. Right. And whenever you go to them and say, hey, there's not enough salt on my fries, <laughs> right? They're not like, how dare you criticize my process? Right. Instead, they're like, well, this is where I am right now. And I there's room for growth. Right. Yeah. And I think that that keeps the door open for as a really as a congregation yeah. right for there to be growth together yeah. instead of a lot of division and clicks and all of those things that end up happening under toxic leadership yeah, yeah i would say to the to the person that is in that situation where they they feel like they work for a toxic leader and they don't know what to do i think a really healthy thing to do first would just be to say um is there anything in me it's mm-hmm. a great question you know, too mm-hmm. before yeah. i remove the speck of dust from your eye is there a plank in mm-hmm. my own eye mm-hmm. is there is there anything in me and go through your own self-examination and get with people who are honest with you do you take feedback do you have people in your life that are saying well john i think that maybe i understand you're working for a tough leader but you blank 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 blank." and so to go through the process if you want your leader to give you to be able to give feedback to your leader are you open to people giving feedback to you so go and do your own analysis Mm -hmm. am i in the right place is my heart pure so that would be step one to me and then step two would be to ask, okay, Holy Spirit, are you asking me to stay here because you're doing a work in me? Mm. And you, you got this leader is the sandpaper that's taking the rough edges off of me. 
and and you're putting me. So in, I'm so sorry. Yeah, you're putting me in the fire because <laughs> you're trying to purify me a little bit. And yeah. so, and what I would say instead of just blowing your top and going crazy and and quitting or leaving, I would say go through those steps first. One, yeah. self analysis: Where am I at? How's my heart? And two, um, uh, whatever I just said. What did I say? You said ask the Holy Spirit. If yes, there we go. There's a, there. there's a genius idea. Ask the Holy Spirit. <laughs> like, should I stay or should I go? Yeah. You know? you know, it's interesting. I see people that in that fa- in that stage that it's like, and I think I was here too. I'd be like, I'll be the one. Right. I'll be the one. <laughs> I'll be the whistleblower. Literally, or I'll be the one for the finally get it. Like mm. when I go back to work being under toxic leaders, it's like, I'm going to be the one to deliver a message that yeah. says, yeah. You hear me, yeah. sir, ma'am, yeah. you hear me? And it's like, that's, I think, the frustration that maybe you're talking about. It's Absolutely. like your head against the wall, yeah. sort of say, of like, and then it becomes this internalization for me mm-hmm. of like, why wasn't I enough to help them change? Why mm-hmm. didn't they see? Mm-hmm. Why it's up to me? Like, so what's going to be the thing that's going to make them realize they're crazy? Yep. You know, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I need you to know. I need you to know that you are. And it's like you just there's never. And I think those are the that's the frustration I see. Yeah. You know, I'm reminded of a story I always have to tell myself. I, love I think this podcast wouldn't be in existence. <laughs> but I remember um, at the school, like I lead, like I lead a department. And I remember one, I was close to burnout. And I remember I was maybe um, a couple years in. And I remember standing in front of my class and I was going over my syllabus. And I had some very detailed students. And they were like, Dr. Reed, there's a mistake. Dr. Reed, you forgot. Dr. Reed. And I remember losing it in front of the class. Like, not bad, losing it for me. But they were like, are you okay? I was like, let's take a break. (laughs) And I just remember being so mad. And I just had to have a moment with the Holy Spirit. Like, I walked out of the room, and I was like, what is the deal? Mm. And he just said to me right then, he goes, you know, Cassie, you always think you have to be perfect. Mm. And it was like, oh. You know, like one of those things where you have to ask the Holy Spirit, you know, is this the sandpaper? Like it, I always used to joke with them. I'd be like, I'm going to be a realtor, guys. I'm just leaving. I'm be a realtor. <laughs> they even got me a book. It's in my office of like the realtor's guide or something. Please don't do it. I'm I want to drive it. a bulldozer. I, oh, that's what you would do? Yeah, that's what I would do. A bulldozer. You would drive a bulldozer? Yeah, I just want to run, you I just do, run over stuff. If you were, I would be a realtor. <laughs> I used to tell people whenever I didn't want people to know what I did for a living that I was a tennis coach just to be funny. Oh, I love that. I guess maybe I'd, I've never played tennis in my life. I know. I'm tennis trying. coach. Yeah. You know? Okay. Realtors work their butts off. They though. do. I know. It's that so doesn't silly. Sound fun to it's me. Silly. It doesn't. It probably isn't my best, <laughs> my best thing. But what ended up happening was I went back in the room and I just stopped and I said to the students, I said, I'm sorry. I said, I feel like I have to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And when you find these errors in my syllabus, mm-hmm. it makes me feel like I've failed. When really yep. administration is not my strong suit. Yep. And so it's funny, like there's still this joke, like to this day about my syllabi. It's like they could be perfect and there will be the one mm-hmm. who'll be like, on here you said March 3rd and on here you said 3 3. And it's like they <laughs> will find the two, like they're the same. You know what yeah. I mean? It's just like something so simple. So I've had my admin check it. Like, but it's become one of those things that for me, it's like I've had to lean when I feel that feeling creep up of oh, like, yeah. Oh, you know, it's like I have to like stop myself. And I think it's powerful. It's powerful. It's made me have relational equity similar to you have. I mean, obviously working for you Mm -hmm. and sitting under you. It's like 
that gives relational equity to them because yeah. they're like, oh, wow, like mm-hmm. you're not afraid to yeah. say I blew it yeah. in this moment. Which and is really key. It is right? key. To- toxic leaders have really difficulty being vulnerable and humbling themselves and owning up to a mistake that they made. It's yeah. because it is, I mean, because we've all felt it. You felt it. I felt it when somebody, somebody challenges me on something. Even if I know they're right, I'm yeah. like, how dare you oh, challenge God. the president? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but Don't you know my title? <laughs> but it really does. We all have a flesh. And, and do we have, and really, if you, if you really want to know if you're, a, if you're a toxic leader, is write out the fruits of the spirit and say, are these manifesting it through mm. me on a regular occurrence? Wow. You know, do I have love, patience, kindness? Peace, mm. forbearance, long suffering. Do I have the ability to suffer and, and still yeah. have peace and joy yeah. and kindness come out of me? Um, so, mm. <laughs> yeah. Because they're not the fruit of John, they're the fruits of the Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Want that so, to be manifest yeah. in all that you do. Absolutely. And we don't always get that right. Even great leaders aren't always going to get it right. No. And I think that's the thing of no, I think that's part of it, though, what you're saying is like, because I've seen you, I was telling Jess earlier, like just talking about you coming on, it's like, I remember when you first came here and people wanted to make it about surface things. And you're like, no, 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 no. Like ask me the questions. Like, Mm -hmm. not like, I don't want to talk to you about what I do for fun. I mean, I will, but it's like, I want to know you're scared. Like you're here. I'm a new leader. Like, what do you want to think? What do you think I'm going to do? You know, ask me those questions. And I just remember, I think in that space of being able to ask those questions, Mm -hmm. I think it immediately creates a submission, kind of like what you were saying, even for women, like Mm -hmm. just to speak to women, it's like, Mm -hmm. it creates a submission of like, I know full well that you're for me obviously you're sitting here on this podcast, like mm-hmm. you're for what I'm for because mm-hmm. you believe, you feel secure enough to know that like right. my calling can sit under yours right. mm-hmm. and be thriving. Like, and yep. I know that I could come to you and many times I have come to you and just been like, this is what I'm sensing. Right. This might be bananas, but I'm just telling it to you. Right. And like, I love that because I can. It's a culture that has to be set that, that then follows through the organization. So like if, if, you know, I think there's, I don't know how many staff at TKU, I should probably know that, maybe 80, something like that. I can't lead all 80, but mm-hmm. if I can just lead my cabinet well and create the culture, and it took me, I, I don't know, it probably took me 12 to 18 months to really infiltrate the culture of my own cabinet because of other leaders, other mm-hmm. situations, other things that have gone before me. And so it, it takes a lot of really hard work when you're releading. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of really hard work for 12 to 18 months to really turn the ship because mm-hmm. it's a cruise ship. And if you turn it too fast, everybody will fall off. <laughs> so you have to turn that thing real <laughs> slow. Like when I got to TKU, I was oh, like, I'm oh. not doing nothing for six months. I'm not doing, I'm a sponge. Mm-hmm. And I had lots of things I could have said and wanted to say. And, and like, that's the thing. Good leaders know what to do. Yeah. Great leaders know when to do them. Mm. Leadership's not hard. Well, Leader, leadership is is not that hard. Everybody can like like look at something and go, "Here's what we need to do." That's the easy part. Oof. The hard part is how do we do it? When do we do it? With whom do we do it? So that's what's when real leadership happens, wow. and that's when a good leader versus a toxic leader will come out. A toxic leader is usually pretty smart. They're smart. They um, they look capable. They look capable. Yeah. They're personable. They have a big personality. Everyone loves them. They feel like everybody in the room 
you know, in, when they walk into a room, everybody notices they're a big personality, but the tactics are everything. It's not, it's not what you do. It's how you do it. That's what defines a good leader. And so for me, the biggest challenge in leadership is patience and is to know what to do, but to know that yeah. right now is not the right time to do it. Um, if, if I have a cruise ship that's pointing this way, if we're head pointing north and I know we need to be going south, the temptation is to just, you know, full steam ahead, hard, hard left rudder. <laughs> yeah, but that is humility to say, I know what yeah. to do and I'm going to wait oh. on the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. But isn't that's that, it. just to bring it back to therapy too, I mean, that's so like know, being submitted yes. to the Holy yeah. Spirit. You know yes. what I mean? Like as a leader, I'm leading that space. Yeah regardless of it's one person if it's a family but you have to think it's systemic like i'm mm -hmm. always thinking systemic i might have one person in the family sitting across from me but i'm turning the whole ship yeah. of Absolutely. the family Absolutely. and so it's like if you choose to tell them to just cut them off don't talk right. to them ever yep. again it's like like yep. we're taking a hard Whiplash. left and all the families falling off the ship and yeah. here we go and so i think you have to learn how to lead and not make it about you and I, I'll tell you that hits below the belt for me is the patience because I, I can be impulsive because I'm 100% extrovert. So it's like, me let's too. go. Let's it's decide. Boom. Too. Here we go. And then it's like, wait. Oh, yep. shoot. <laughs> uh, beep, beep, yep. beep. Let's back it up. That I didn't think that through. You know, yep. and I've learned to surround myself with people who will help That are me. introverts. It's mm -hmm. you. <laughs> Jess. <laughs> like, I'll call her. No, seriously. I'll call you and go be like, slower, here's Cassie. an idea My wife's I have. an introvert. <laughs> Good, good to have it's one of those good. around. They're yeah. so thoughtful. Yeah, they are. Gosh. They actually think before they speak. Oh, what a man. concept. <laughs> they have they don't need a delete button like I do. Yeah. I need delete buttons still. You yeah. still do. But I mean, it's just good. And I think that's powerful. It's like to surround yourself with people. Like you mm -hmm. said, your cabinet. Yeah. It's like you have to surround yourself with people who you can call yeah. and say a compliment your weaknesses. Yes. Yeah. Or say, Hey Cassie, like I have a great admin at the at the school and she'll be like Okay, so you said you want to do this. So let me just yep. lay out for you what this looks like. Can yep. we do that? I'm like, oh, yeah, yep. that might not work out. <laughs> like, and so then yep. you know, let's tweak it and figure it out. Yeah, that, that, like, and that creates that culture when you toxic leaders have a really hard time surrounding themselves with people that are as smart or smarter than them. Oh, that's so true. Um, so. So Andy Stanley, I, I'm oh. going gonna, gonna to butcher his quote. I love him. Do you know this quote? He says something like, if you constantly surround yourself with people um, uh, who aren't allowed to talk to you, what does he say? Gosh, i got to Google this. It's something to the effect, if you constantly surround yourself with people who are yes men or uh -huh. yes women, uh -huh. you'll eventually be surrounded, surrounded, surround yourself with people who have nothing to say at all. Yeah. Because they'll, so they'll just stop talking. Ugh. Um, which is what you see in the church yeah so much. yeah is you've got the or you've got these people who are like oh that's a great idea yeah. have everyone jump we and love be it. baptized in grape jelly how was my sermon oh it was great what a great sermon pastor <laughs> he talks about terrible. sermon i talk about grape baptizing jelly. people in grape <laughs> jelly it's <laughs> <laughs> random yeah wow. so i i mean my cabinet at tku there's way people way smarter than me on it and um i've got a guy on my team at the church uh pastor wade is an amazing oh, leader great. pastor oscar can play the guitar, sing, preach. This dude can do everything. Um, I'm not threatened by that. It makes us better. Like, yeah. why would I be threatened by that? That's silly. But that's because you're secure. Okay, so this is a hard question. And I feel like you have a question too, Jess. You're kind of like taking it all in. But what did you do to get yourself healthy? Um, as a leader, as a person? I, 
I don't, I don't really know. I, I, um, I will say that, and, and not to say that people who, who don't have what I have can't be great leaders, but I, my dad tells me, my dad was a pastor for 22 years. My parents have been married for, oh my gosh, 50 something years. Like I've never, this is crazy. You, people are going to hate me for this. I have never seen my father lose his temper. Wow. Not one time. I'm 43 years old. He's never said a cuss word. Like he might be Jesus. I don't know. It's possible. So I, all I'm saying is I, I don't have a lot of baggage. Mm. And I know that's to oversimplify it, but I just don't carry a lot of emotional baggage mm -hmm. or I've never been through any real traumatic events in my life. Um, so I, I don't know if that comes to play in it. I just don't know. I don't know. Craig, Craig asked me one time when we were together, he was like, well, how do you make decisions as a leader? And I'm like, I don't know. I just, just kind of instinctual. He's like, exactly just instincts. So part of it is a gift. Part of it, it's an anointing. Mm -hmm. Part of it is I'm, I'm bearing fruit from the seeds my parents yeah. sowed. Like I'm, I'm a beneficiary, so to speak of, you know, great parents and, um, so I think my answer to your question is I really don't know. Um, it's a terrible answer it's to, not a, terrible to a question. Answer. Well, you surrounded yourself with healthy leaders, people who can And it's speak weird because you. I wrote a book called Half the Battle, How to Heal Your Inner Hidden Hurts. And I really, <laughs> I like I'm writing all these any. books. Of, like my minor was in psychology, my, my, my bachelor's was in psychology. But so I'm fascinated with it. And I love talking about inner healing and wounds mm -hmm. and because I see it, I think as a pastor, I just see it so much. And I think it shapes so much of who we become mm -hmm. and fathers and mothers and leaders mm -hmm. and pastors and CEOs and whatever else. But um, maybe that's part of it is being able to see it. Like, I think, I don't know if you agree, Jess, but like, I feel like I can walk into a situation and people are always like, how do you know that that's like the real deal issue from like one or two sessions? And mm. I think that is, it's a gift. It's the Lord like who like yeah. allows me to see a person, like mm -hmm. really see them. And it's not this, I don't know. It's just you're able, oh yeah, it's this, 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 and this, like kind yeah. of in your brain and you get this order. It doesn't always mean that I share it with the client right away or you probably aren't telling the people in your congregation, hey, if you would just tweak this one thing, right. you know, it's like you, you can't really drill down like that all the time, but. Right. It's like at least the ability to see it. I feel like you're burning with a question, Jess. I am. Do it. And we're like, oh, it's a I'm hard sorry. question, though. Ask it, girl. Do it. We love hard things. So I'll just say I don't know if I don't know. <laughs> I believe the bit. <laughs> well, I'm a trauma counselor. I mean, I work with a lot of people that mm -hmm. have a background in trauma. Wow. And I typically would steer people away from pastors who did not have any trauma in their own histories. Mm. So I'm listening to you say, I haven't had a lot of trauma. I had a really good family of origin. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, then how do you see or relate to trauma with people that are around you? How are right. you not dangerous for them? Right. Um, I don't know. I mean, the, 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 my, my, my book, Half the Battle, is about um, the children of Israel on the banks of the Jordan River and God takes them through this circumcision process. So, so all of my references to it are, are from the Bible. And I think that's, a, that's one of the ways I do it is, is I go to the Bible. And what does the Bible say about it? And teach, teach from the Bible. So I, I, I don't know that I would know the answer to that really. Um, I've, I've seen trauma. I've just never experienced it. It's fascinating to me to think about it because, I mean, <clears throat> obviously sitting in the room with you, mm -hmm. I've, I have 
been around um, many, many pastors in my mm-hmm. very long life. And like you just present as just very humble and mm-hmm. peaceful and centered. Mm-hmm. And I mean, when you sit in a room with people all day long doing therapy, mm-hmm. you very quickly pick yep. up on the toxic energy and stuff. Right. And you don't carry that at all, which is good. Makes you mad. Thank you. <laughs> but because usually when someone says that to me, I want to be like, oh, give me five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll find your junk in your trunk. Well, I mean, but you've given me something to think about because I will say that the most toxic pastors that I feel like I've ever served under myself, either A, have unresolved trauma that they just never did yeah. anything with, 100% right? Agree. Or B, they never experienced any trauma, so they just don't know what to do with it. Wow. Those are the two camps that I see wow. most prevalently. And so whenever you just said a moment ago, like, I really don't have any trauma, I was like, <laughs> okay. Get him off our podcast I right mean, now. <laughs> no, I didn't feel like that at all. Because again, you seem whole and, yeah. you know, grounded. Yeah. And so it's given me something to think about. To be like, can pastors lead from a place of authenticity and yeah. humility, can they lead people that are broken yeah. if they haven't experienced that kind of so, suffering? So think about people, some of the people in the Bible, like um, think about Elisha, right? We don't know a ton about Elisha. We know he was a pretty simple man. He was plowing a field. I don't know how much trauma he experienced through his life if he's a country boy plowing fields. <laughs> All of a sudden, God comes and places a mantle on him, and he goes on to become this crazy prophet that everywhere he goes, he's prophesying to kings and and getting in all kinds of issues and trauma and helping nations overcome trauma from a king, Ahab. He confronts Ahab, who the Bible literally, I was reading this just this morning, it says that Ahab committed more sins than any king in Israel's history. And that's the person that God sent Elisha to confront and call down fire on prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. So here's a guy who, who really didn't have a ton of trauma in his life. Uh, and maybe it's, maybe it's less about the trauma and more about the mantle that, that God places on somebody or, or puts, you know, if God puts a seed in someone's heart. So I talk about that in my book, the relief book. Zerubbabel is the guy who God chose to come back and rebuild the temple. This dude had no experience in doing this. Never rebuilt a temple before. Hmm. And, um, and the Bible says in Zechariah, it says that God sparked the enthusiasm of Zerubbabel and Jeshua. Mm. So there was this spark, mm. and all it takes is a spark, and that's, that's the calling, right? If you're going to become a re-leader, don't try to do it without a spark. Wow. Like, don't do it unless you feel called to do it, because you will fall flat on your face. Um, so I don't know, I, and, and I, don't, I don't know that it takes... Like it wouldn't take, if I saw somebody get hit by, if, I, if I'm standing on a highway and I see somebody walk out on a highway and that an 18-wheeler comes and trucks them and runs over them and kills them and I see another person walking towards the highway, I'm going to be like, hey, hold up. <laughs> I've never been out there before and I've never been hit by a truck, but I'm pretty sure uh, what I've witnessed and what I've seen is a really bad idea. Um, so I, I, I don't think you're wrong. Because I, I, I think there are people who've never experienced trauma that are just like, ooh, la, 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 life's perfect. So I, I think there's just certain people that, that God touches and anoints and, and calls them to do something, to be a part of a solution that doesn't have the baggage, that's not coming in with this preconceived ideas and these, these walls that I've built up or erected. Or, mm. well, if he's done that to you, then let me tell you, you should never do that again because let, let me tell you what happened to me. Um, so I don't know that it's either or. 
it's just maybe it's just what the Lord maybe it's a calling mm. that whatever the Lord's doing you know I think that gives you space I mean I think I was joking at the beginning like let's walk off the bridge but I think that gives you space to build because I know freedom is in everything that you do mm -hmm. like how you leave the school, how you, the messages you bring yeah. all have an, a bent for that, for healing, for yeah. inner healing, for personal exploration and discovery. It's yeah. it's about let's look at the word, let's look at these people mm -hmm. and let's figure out what we can get from that. But I think, I wonder if you not having this significant way of walking through trauma mm -hmm. gives you an open book, an empty canvas to really find true ways to do it because i think for me walking through a lot of times of trauma it's like well when i had this trauma mm -hmm. this is what i did to work through it and you don't right. really put that on clients right. in a session but you do see that as an avenue of change mm -hmm. where if i was open and was like i don't know what you do with that like yeah. let's just pray about it let's figure out what it is let's think about a solution right. it leaves you this open space if you're submitted if right. you're healthy i right. mean fill in all the caveats well, and I'm, I'm not a licensed counselor, so I, I always tell people, look, I'll meet with you two or three times, but at the end of the day, you got to go see a professional. Like, I'm not, trying, I'm not trying to be a counselor here. That's not my job. It's not my calling. It's not my gifting. So I, I want to pastor you. I want to love you. I want to bring in some spiritual insights and have you thought about this and have you thought about this. But at the end of the day, you need to go see a professional. And I would tell all pastors that. If, if, you're, you know, if you're meeting with somebody more than two or three times, you're probably doing it more for you than you are for them. Oh. Well, wow. <laughs> because you just, there's just, there's just reaches a point now. where I don't know what to tell you. That's true. Mm. <laughs> you know? Well, and pastors, well, that's a whole other thing. We could really go on a whole other podcast of pastors who think they can counsel to be continued because there's so many who feel like they want to meet their own needs and counsel people. Well, it feels good when people ask you what they should do. And, and that can be a temptation to lean into something that, you know, if I'm if I have an orphan heart, oh. I, I oh. will be like that is feeding me right That's now, true. and I'm loving this. Let me tell you what you should do. Well, counseling 101 is you don't ever tell people what to do. Mm. Absolutely, you give Touché. no advice. Touché. Like give no advice <laughs> yeah. ever. Ask it questions. will come back to bite did. you For in real. the bottom. <laughs> so when clients say to me, "Well, remember whenever you told me I should," I'm like, "Nope, nope. Um, nope. Nah. hold up. <laughs> Let's go backwards. <laughs> Let's ask a question." <laughs> yeah, because no, I'm not going to be like you should go. Yeah. Yeah. Jump off of a bridge. And then they're like, they come back and the family's like, they're dead. Thank you for that. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you for that. Lawsuit. Send help. Lawsuit. Well, I appreciate you being on. Do you have any <sighs> other questions, Jess? I know it's like we're both kind of reeling in the truth. No. I, you know, I was just sitting here thinking, well, Cass, thank you for having this great idea that we should do a podcast together so I could find all the areas that I still need to work in my own life. <laughs> this is Girl, so fun for me. This is what we do. I've, it's How about a new facet of places that you need to heal? How about, do you know what? That's real life. And the people who think that they don't have those places like that, you know, like it's like, come on, that's what it's about. I call you all the time. I'm like, let me tell you what I did wrong yesterday. No, I, I just texted you like two days ago. It's like the vulnerabilities See, everywhere. It's real. Yeah. But see, you need that. You need people like that. But I appreciate I really, really think I don't care where you lead, but like re-lead is going to be a book. It's so good. I really feel, yeah. too, just that you're in a place and a position because of your openness and I don't want to say emptiness because you're not empty but you know yeah. what I mean like that yeah. space is like I think that's going to give you capacity to continue to re-lead places in the church capital C that are broken yeah. Mm. Yeah. and I feel like you're called to that I mean I feel like there's more coming with too. that because there's leaders there's leaders 
everywhere and people are looking for a leader i think that mm -hmm. is gonna not change mm -hmm. but it's like how do we show them health how yeah. do we show them how do we show them how to be human right you know in that right brady brady boyd and i brady boyd's a great leader brady boyd took over ted haggard's church in new life addicted to busy a wonderful yeah. book yeah. if you're too busy and so brady and i've talked a lot about this the you know thank god for leaders thank god for builders thank god for these leaders who start grow build it's amazing. We wouldn't be anywhere without them. But there's this interesting component that we've seen where like we got guys like me and Brady, um, we we really do hold the, the church with an open hand. Like it does, it's not mine. I didn't start it. And we have this overwhelming sense when we walk through the halls of our churches or our universities, I didn't build any of this. I didn't I wasn't in the architectural drawings. I wasn't in the mm -hmm. founding documents and the core values and the mission statement. I didn't build any of this. I didn't I'm just called to steward this. So I'm not the senior pastor of Victory Church. I'm the interim senior pastor of Victory Church. And I'm the mm. interim president of TKU. I'm not the last end-all, be-all. And so you hold it differently, whereas uh, many times, not all the time, founding pastors, founding leaders, mm. like it's, it's very hard for them to hold it open-handed. Mm. In a lot of ways, rightly so. Like this is their baby. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we don't maybe appreciate the sacrifices they made and maybe skipping a payroll, you know, or I know, I know pastors, founding pastors who have emptied out their retirement yeah. plans to, to make this thing survive. Yeah. And then fast forward 20 years and it's this booming, amazing church, man, like you, both of your moms, are you mom? Mm -hmm. Okay. That's your baby. Yeah. Like, I don't care how old that thing is. Yep. That thing is your baby. You birthed it, it you breastfed zero. it mm -hmm. you yeah and so there's even when that thing is 30 you're like mm -mm, it's my baby but Truth. when there's when there's a re-leader when there's a re-leader it's like mm, i mean I, yeah it's different it's just different well, and so even that it. can breed different styles of leadership mm -hmm. as as the organization grows mm -hmm. and gets older how do we and we're going to get to see this a lot there's a lot of big mm -hmm. churches that are entering these I don't know, there was something in the water in the, in the mid-90s yep. to around 2000. Craig and I have talked about this. Craig has told me many times that if he started Life Church today, it would just be like any other church. Yeah. But there was something in the water back yeah. then when online internet was kind of just being introduced to the scene. And, and you got, you know, Gateway, Church of the Highlands, Life Church, Rick Warren. You got all these massive churches that just, even my church, it, even my church is considered a mega church. It was mm -hmm. founded in 1994. So there was like in the water, there was just something that just burst all these massive churches onto the scene. And now all these pastors are getting into their 60s. And we're all going to get a front row seat to see how leader. all of this, how all of mm -hmm. this transpires. Um, so it's going to be interesting to, to see how, and, and God loves his church. So I believe that God will intervene when he needs to intervene. Mm -hmm. And it's his bride, it's mm -hmm. his bride. And that's why I think I, I, I warn all deconstructionists. I've done this many times. And even people who are going through really trauma in the church. I've, tell, I've, I've sat down with many people that, that are deconstructing and going through their faith. And I was like, listen, you deconstruct all you want. Okay, process it. You need to take a wall out, rebuild this thing, make it healthy. But let me just give you one warning while you do this. You are talking about the bride of Christ. And I said, my wife's name is Michelle. And my wife is not perfect. If anybody knows her faults, it's me. But if you start talking yeah. bad about my wife, me you. and you, we're gonna have issues. <laughs> I will cut yeah, you. Right? You know? Right? Yeah. So when we when we when we talk about the church, we just need to make sure that 
Jesus is like, I know my bride's not perfect. Mm. I, I know that. But I, I and, and there's toxic leaders everywhere. There's churches that are just doing horrible things. Um, but I think we just need to keep in our spirit, you know what, this is the bride of Christ. Yeah. And so I don't, Craig always says, respect is earned, honor is given. So I can honor somebody and not respect them at the same time. It is possible to give honor where honor is due. Not and then in my own mind, being like, yeah, but I don't respect you at all. But I honor you. Thank you for that. Wow. <laughs> yes. I think and I think, so God, I think God smiles at that. Yeah, he does. Um, I think so, too. Uh, John Bevere wrote one of the best books ever called Honor, on, oh, no, Honor's no. Reward. Oh, I haven't read that oh, one. Oh, my gosh. I thought you were going to say Beta Satan. That's a brilliant book. <laughs> Beta, Beta you, Satan's brilliant book. Okay. That's oh, basically yeah. one of the devil's greatest weapons is, is offense. offense. It's the yeah. bait of Satan. But honor's reward is brilliant. I'll have to read that. Honor's reward is okay, brilliant. I'll get yeah. that. Anyways. Beautiful. Well, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having this me on, so guys. This is so great. I'm excited for the therapist, the people who Next knows. time we're going to bring a couch and I'm going to lay down and you guys can counsel me. Oh, I love get it. Get a free session yeah, out of it. Yeah, we'll do it. Oh, that sounds so fun. <laughs> <laughs> I have a counselor. He's trying to fix me already, so. Well, that's good. not really what we do, but all right. <laughs> no, it's good. Well, he's helping you. Maybe he'll find a little tea trauma or who knows. Something. Maybe that's so. Good. I'm sure there's one down there somewhere. I love that you're submitted to it, though. Yeah, that's me too. Cool. Absolutely. Well, stay tuned because next time we will um, continue the series with some current events as well as some questions. If you have questions for us or for Dr. John, um, we would love to hear them so that we can answer them on the last um, session this month. But Thanks for tuning in. Um, Stay tuned for next time. Like, subscribe, all the things you do. I don't even know what they are, but please do them because we would love for you to bring our podcast to more people and to the forefront.